<laughs> have you saved one of these? I have. You're pretty sick. Really sick. Yeah. Yep. There I haven't is. used the stove jack yet, though. Have you guys used the stove? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're using it wrong the whole time. Yeah, I was. How'd you use it? Oh, I just peeled it. So I, I just peeled it back. You know, like kind of rolled it back and stuck the jack out. You can see it's got like a little, a little melt mark somewhere. Oh gosh. Gotcha. I talked to Andrew and he's like, "Dude, you're supposed to like cut a slit in that thing," which I should have done. I, I'm oh. not, I was in a hurry. Yeah. Where's, where's yeah I, didn't, I wouldn't have done that. I would have yeah. done it this way. Well, it was good. You just yeah. saved me. Yeah. Andrew's like, "You just cut a slit in that. Just take your knife and cut an X and run your pipe through the middle of it. It's just it's that same material that won't burn, you know." Gotcha. I was like, "Well, shit, Andrew, that makes a lot more sense." Yeah, we were like. Sneaking it through something like that. Right. We had some branches, kind of like give it a little lean. Put some mud on there. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck out it in. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. the house down. So we're rolling. Oh, we are? Yeah. Yep. So you said you were looking forward all day to being in our podcast studio, huh? Yes. That's because the other jobs you had to do today were probably... A lot less uh, exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot less exciting. <laughs> this is more just like talking hunting. Yeah. That's what I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> the other stuff, not so good at. Yeah. I'm surprised you're still able to talk after all that. Yeah, I don't know. I lose my voice. I, I live most of my life in a solitary lifestyle with uh, not a lot of talking. And then you go do something where you're talking all day and you're just like, uh, I'm already losing my voice. Yeah. Isn't that weird to get into like a job or profession? It's because you love it, especially like you know wildlife or you know hunting, and then you end up you know a position like you're in. You end up talking all the time, right? Oh like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went into biology for the same reason because I thought, oh, I like to be outside, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and here I am on a podcast all every other week. Now you two are both motor mouths, huh? Yeah, I got a, I got a joke that goes along with that. You want to hear it? Yeah. How do you? So this is a biologist joke. How do you tell the difference between an extrovert and an introvert biologist? How? The extrovert biologist looks at your shoes when he's talking to you. Did you guys like that? <laughs> oh, that was great. That was good, clean fun there. It's, it's, it's kind of like a dad joke. Yeah, right? it's a dad. I'm a dad. Yeah. Right. We're, uh, we're fortunate to have Remy in town today. You just here for the day? Yeah, just for the day. Just came down and checked things out. Where you, uh, where you been before? Uh, where was I? Well, I just recently got this thing worked on. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the, the elephant wrist in the room. surgery. Yeah, yeah it's like... <laughs> Why is his arm wrapped up? So this is like a temporary splint thing. It's hard on one side, but to move with the swelling. Uh, but before that, I was hunting in Hawaii. And then, um, yeah, I was in New Zealand earlier this, okay. this I guess, our spring, their fall. So, so what, what happened? Give us the full rundown on your wrist. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I've been filming you all day, and I haven't even asked you how you broke your wrist. Oh, well, I tore all the ligaments, the stuff that makes it move. So... Um, I think it was from catching a falling duck is how it started and then just never a cool story, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you're like, you sky bust a bird and it's coming in hot and you're like, yeah, I think I could grab that. And then you realize it was like going 30 miles an hour and weighs three and a half pounds. And it was just a really bad decision. Yeah. And I was wearing like, uh, I think the thing that messed me up was I was wearing neoprene gloves and my fingers were separated like this. So I think if I had like that, if I could have locked that grip, I could have grabbed it, but <laughs> didn't work out. Uh, and then uh, they did a surgery that didn't work, and now this is the second surgery. So, so you didn't catch the duck? No, it hit my hand, and then I think my my two middle fingers probably touched my forearm. Oh. You know? Remember, did you, we, remember, did you feel we immediate pain? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember we were in Kansas? We yeah. had that goose land on us. Good, yeah, thing, we had a, good thing we didn't do the same thing and reach up to grab that snow. We had a big snow goose. But it's like right the, the first blind. thought in your head, right? Yeah, you want to reach up and grab it. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like, oh, yeah, I grabbed like, it. Yeah, that was cool. So they repaired it once and it didn't take. Yeah, the surgery didn't go great. And then um, it had to kind of heal a bit. And then they just repaired it again. And 
chances of success look good? I, it yeah. feel it actually feels it like because it uh, after the last one, it's been dis it was dislocated for about three months after that. Okay. So it it like I never had any movement in it, so I couldn't move it. I could move my fingers, but I couldn't move my wrist. Um, and now it, it without just preliminarily, it feels like things are in place. I don't know. It's just I've got a good feeling. You got a good vibe it. Yeah. about it. So are you a little bit nervous to strap on a archery release and try to draw back for the first I'm time? I'm really nervous about it. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm worried. Like uh, I don't want to. One thing I don't want to do is like develop some kind of like target panic yeah, or flinch yeah. because you're like your your whole my whole life now is protecting this hand. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, now I'm going to strap 70, 80 pounds to it and just like pull back because. I actually waited until last year. I waited until after the season to get the surgery. So it was it was dislocated for the entire hunting season. And uh, when I draw back every time, it like pop or like I, it was like I knew I had to get one good draw with it. Yeah. And there's one time I was drawing on this antelope and I was just in a weird position and I draw and it um, it like. It, I couldn't get it back. <laughs> like, oh no, that was a bummer. You so might have to learn to shoot left-handed and just straighten that sucker out and use it as your your bow hand and then your I draw know. hand with your with your with your left. I've been I've been shooting with a mouth tab and that's uh, that's been a fun process. Oh, I like, bet. It's actually it's pretty difficult, but not as difficult as you'd think. Because you you're look, just looking like straight down the bow. Then when your hand's straight, because it's going on straight out the mouth. Like, are you worried like your front teeth's going to rip out? No, because you're <laughs> using your molars. You're you know, you really you use your teeth to kind of like ink. It's like you, the grooves in yeah. the thing are your anchor point. But the weird part <laughs> is like it's you think about it out here, your peep sight's like yeah. way out here. Yeah. And so now you move your head like this and it goes, so you're moving your head and the peep's moving. So you got to really, you got to line everything. And if your grip isn't perfect when you push out, yeah. good luck. You cannot, you, you cannot adjust, adjust it. Adjust. And when you get a little bit of wind, it's like, you know when a kite catches the wind, it does that yeah, like real yeah. erratic motion before it crashes mm-hmm. into the ground. That's what your bow does. Cause it's like this one piece of string and it's way out here and it just feels like it's nuts. And it's then you low. just, I, I learned to like, it really, I think, puts more emphasis on archery form <laughs> because you can, I realize like the stuff that you try to get away with and, and now those little things are exponentially more mm-hmm. difficult. Like I had a deer, I was hunting in Hawaii and I had a deer come in and they're coming in on this trail. So I got set up and I drew back and they popped out like way closer than I was thinking, like 10, 10 yards, maybe less and saw me and spooked off. But the other deer went on the other side of the bush. So they were maybe 30 yards. So I didn't adjust my feet. I just turned my body and that much torque. Like I let go and it kicked the arrow like eight feet right. Like it was insane. (laughs) I was like, yep. Learned a lesson. Like you just, everything has to be perfect. So I got to know, did you use your same bow? 70, 70 pounds? No, I, I, um, because, uh, I had to shorten the draw length Uh and, and then I lightened the, the draw weight. So I, I started out at 50. I've got it about 55 now and I could, I could shoot six. I'll probably go to 60. I could shoot 70, but I just don't know if I need to. Yeah. It's, then it's more tinkering and all that stuff. So I think I'll probably set it at 60 and just leave it for the season. The other question I had was like, uh, how, how do you release? Like, what's the, did you just open your mouth and let you it go? Or is there like a means of like back tension? Do you pull your head back and kind of let it pull through? <laughs> that's the hard part. I've been like trying like the, uh, create like a back tension. Thing. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Like it, it, it just like messes with your neck. Um, you, but you have to just only release your bottom jaw. So if you open your mouth, it's doing both. But if you just drop your bottom jaw, it seems to be more consistent. Interesting. What's the tab that you're pulling back with that you put in your mouth? It's a piece of my binocular harness that I, <laughs> <laughs> I would have ran like through the tie it on yeah, to I just the... cut it. 
folded <laughs> over, stitched it. I already know it. I'd have target panic so bad. If That's I what that. I was I wondering. Would be flinching the whole. Seems time. like it would make me more anxious yeah. to have to yeah. open my mouth. It, you know? it, it like because you, it's like a, it's a very conscious shot, and I'm trying to like just re. I think just like relax, 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 and at some point it slips out. Mm-hmm. And that's like great, but it's it's really hard to <laughs> do because sometimes I'd be at full draw and it'd slip a little bit, and then you're like, then you're everything's right. off, and you're like, well, uh, I can't, I can't adjust. You need now. to get like a full on mouth guard like you see in football. <laughs> Just have it like perfectly molded to your teeth, <laughs> and, <then> you <laughs> and it's like pressure where like the harder you bite down, like it's releasing. Oh a yeah, trigger. that'd be that'd be awesome. I might invent the, one. the more you bite down, right? I so think you guys are on to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for guys with broken wrists. Yeah. Did you ever? I mean. You probably, I'm sure you never thought this would happen, but like after it happened, like were you kind of excited and interested in the whole process? Yeah, I was, I was excited to just try something new. And, and I've got a friend that showed me the ropes. He's, he's got, he, he shoots permanently with one arm. And, um, you know, I learned a lot. I was very fortunate to kind of learn a lot that way. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I wish I would have started prior to this. You know, I was like, oh, I'll wait till, and once you just, it's just like, yeah. It took a little bit longer and would have been a lot easier to start earlier, but sure. And you were successful on that Hawaii hunt. I saw. Yep. Was that yeah. your first animal that you shot with uh, that? I actually shot. Uh, I, I hunted in New Zealand with it as well, and actually got a really good fallow deer, like, which was pretty incredible. But both the two animals that I took with it are kind of like open country, really hard to right. um, sneak on animals, and then to be able to get the the mouflon and that fallow buck were pretty sweet. So it gave me a lot of confidence going into the, like the, this fall hunting season that I should be okay. So you're going to hunt this fall with it? Yeah, I'll have to. Okay. Yeah. Same, same setup then. Yep. Same How setup. much do you practice with it? Pretty much every day. Every day. Yeah. It's going to be kind of weird, like belly crawling and have to grab your bow yeah. and like, then stand yep. up and. Yeah. The nice back. thing though, like if, if I can, well, I'll be able to use this hand enough to range, so you can yeah. like actually range at full draw, which is nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there you if go. your peep turns sideways, you can adjust the peep. Yeah. You know, like That's I don't know. The more I, he talks about, there might be some real benefits yeah. to just. You might be able mouth. to draw laying flat just on your back, yeah, range, <laughs> yeah. push it out, and just sit up. Yep. Hmm. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I never, never, uh, never thought about having to try that. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't have to, but it is an option. Mm-hmm. How many archery hunts do you have this fall? Uh, quite a few. I mean, I've got a couple pronghorn hunts, um, mule, Nevada mule deer tag, <laughs> and then um, just, you know, a couple elk and deer tags, Montana, Idaho kind of thing. So you're yeah. still a resident in Nevada? Yep. Live in Reno full-time? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the draw, it's, it's a good state to be uh, a resident if if you're a resident. As a non-resident, exactly. it's real frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's really nice because it's like, all right, you, you at least know you'll draw an uh, archery deer tag sure. somewhere. And, I mean, that's that's probably, I would say, one of my favorite hunts to go on out of any hunt. So it's nice to be able to know that you can kind of secure that. I saw a picture you posted the other day of a giant deer, giant mule deer buck that you oh, killed. Yeah. What what year would that? That was two thousand eight, I think. Is that a Nevada buck? That was Montana. Montana. Yep. Jeez. That thing is so heavy. Yeah. Heavy everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like big, heavy front. Every yeah, just mass everywhere. What's the story on it? That one, um, I actually, uh, I drew a special tag and had heard about that deer in a particular area, and um, you know, it was like one of those like, oh, there's a rumor of a big buck, but you're like, okay, there's rumors of big bucks. Sure. They never. I've. I don't know how many times I actually ran into this one guy once and he's like the biggest deer in my life, just freaking out. 
He's like, it's right here. And he's like, do you have a tag? I'm like, yeah, I got a tag. You know, so I go to look. And I'm, like, looking at this deer. And I'm like, I don't, like, I, I'm like, I, I'm pretty good at spotting things. And he's just, like, freaking out. It's like, he's like, it's 300 yards away right there, right there. Bet it down. Like, you see it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, this inside the ears three oh by gosh. three. Just giant, giant for him. <laughs> and, like, he's talking about this deer like it's, you know, like a 220-inch buck. Yeah. And I'm like, it's probably, like, a 120 <laughs> deer. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, man, good spot. You know, I just don't think I'll be able to sneak on that one. I got to keep going, yeah. you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like this one's all you, bud. Yeah. You, you saw it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll flag you in. Uh, yep. So, um, but, yeah, so I had heard about that deer and um, ended up kind of – it's a really long story how I ended up getting that deer. But I ended up actually saving some lady's life in a river earlier that year. Um, unfortunately, her husband – I jumped in and saved her, but her husband uh, died. And huh. so it's wow. a really shitty – deal what um, what time of year was in it in the springtime in the like spring runoff runoff yeah like they've got going on now i mean just massive yep, flooding. exactly like massive flooding crazy rafting i jumped in and, and was able to save her but um long story short i'd heard about this deer i was in the area scouting for it i ran into somebody who was friends of that person and was like uh, and so I, I was talking to them and they're like wait do you, are you and i was like yeah and they're like oh my gosh you know, you, you saved my, uh, my friend's life. And, and I was like, yeah, I heard about this deer. And he's like, let me bring you to someone. And so huh. he brought me to, there was a, a rancher in the area and he's like, Hey, this is the guy that, that um, you know, jumped through the, like the whole thing. And he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, yeah, there's been this big deer cutting through my property. And I was like, do you mind if I hunt? He's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> and so crazy. I was like, it was just like a crazy string of events. Serendipitous. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I was like looking in that area and then I went the next. So I was, I was he's like, yeah, you know, seen a deer and, and it just didn't, had no clue like what caliber deer. And the next morning um, I went in there and it, I don't think that deer had been consistently there because it was just a very, it was literally, I mean, a, a very small piece. Mm-hmm. And then there's public access there too. So, um, and that deer, the next morning was there. Me and a buddy went in there and uh, hunted around, didn't see anything. And then as the sun started to come up, um, started seeing them like a group of 13 bucks. That buck being the biggest. And there were some other really nice good deer bucks. in that. Yeah, there's some other nice bucks in there as well. All went up the hill and uh, I, I like ran to the top and they started funneling by. And I just laid down waiting, waiting. And that buck never showed up. So mm. all the other deer were there and that S- buck wasn't. Six cents, man. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, between me and where I saw him, it was pretty open, but there's one little cliff and one pine tree. And I just figured, I bet you they bedded. Mm. And so it was actually two, I, I wasn't counting the other deer, you know, sure. I was just like looking for the big one. And when I snuck down to that spot where I thought he'd be bedded, there was a, uh, I saw a little buck was like 30, 40 yards away, looked up at me. So I slowly backed out backed out and just waited like ready to draw and that big buck knew something was up and just bolted from his bed but it was a canyon so he ran across and up the other side and i grunted and i was already at full draw guessed him at 45 yards let the arrow rip and just hit him perfect and watched him pile up that's um man under pressure yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, like running stop yeah you know especially a buck that big that you know what it is you know yeah yeah and you know one thing that saved me too is like i as i walked in i'm always range like i've got like what if this Mm -hmm. happened what if so it wasn't like necessarily like an uneducated guess like i'd been range i ranged the tree every step like counting down ranging that rock past it ranging Mm -hmm. across the canyon so i had a really good idea when when and if something happened i was kind of thinking like 
he would stand up and they'll go, yeah. you know, sometimes like that yeah. little bucket's hinky and starts looking your way. And I was completely out of sight and thought maybe he'd walk up to that little buck and then maybe just feed out or calm back down. I had no clue, but I was just sitting there ready just in case. Yeah. And he blew out 100 miles an hour and uh, <laughs> whipped his head back. And by that point, the arrow was already on its way. That's good. Good tip. Be yeah. ranging. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah ranging. Always be ranging. Yeah. That'd be a T-shirt, huh? Always be ranging. Always be ranging. Always be ranging. I like that. I like that. Now he's got the mouth tap, so he can just range at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little harder to go. anymore. There's no cow calling when you have yeah. a. You're going yeah. to yeah. have to get the booger whistle going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the booger whistle. Is that a thing? <laughs> it is yeah. for Neville. You've never heard of the booger whistle? Like when someone has like a booger in their nose, and every time they breathe out their nose, like it whistles. Oh, whistles. Undoubtedly, you've been on a hillside and done that during elk season yeah. and your buddy's been like is that an elk bugle did you hear that elk bugle <laughs> like, oh, no, it's, just, my, it's not just need uh I need hunt with some sickos more i guess <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right you hunt with anybody yeah you don't <laughs> um you've got mule deer tags how much scouting do you i mean you're you're here today and i i would assume that you're probably a pretty busy dude generally how much scouting do you get to do anymore it just depends like uh, there's certain hunts that I scout a lot and then other ones that I don't ever scout, just maybe e-scout or, or mm -hmm. areas that I've hunted before and just go, okay, I know where I'm going. Um, I, I My wife drew an antelope, archery antelope tag, so I'm putting all my scouting effort into that. Because hmm. I think antelope is one thing that's like scouting really pays dividends. For sure. Whereas like, you know, sometimes, sometimes mule deer scouting, if it's an early season, is great. But other times, you know, you're just getting really a feel of the land and other things. And I'd rather maybe spend that time if I've got, if I've got a total of X amount of days, mm -hmm. sometimes I'd rather just say, I'm going to use the X amount of days when I can shoot something. Um, it, it honestly depends what it is too. And like the value I put on yeah. the tag, but I've been doing quite a bit of antelope scouting this year. And for some reason I was like thinking this year is like, this is going to be my big, this is going to be like my mule deer year. I'm going to just go hard on mule deer. <laughs> I didn't get, I like even tags that were 90% draws. I yeah. didn't get for mule deer. So I'm like, it was tough. Like, I just had a bad run of getting tags for mule deer. I, I ended up, I mean, I drew a Nevada tag, but it was my last choice, um, yeah. which is sweet. You know, it's still sure. better than nothing, but I was like, or second to last choice, but uh, it's a good area. Has she uh, she shot antelope before? She before? hasn't. Okay. Uh, nope, she's never shot an antelope, and yeah, so she, she's going to archery. She went, this year, she's like, she went all archery in Nevada, elk, deer, everything, just because, you know, it's like, She's like, how do you get tags all the time? I'm like, well, I went all archery to get tags. Yep. It's yep. the you ha it's the game you got to play. So she's like, I want tags. And I'm like, all right, it's all archery. Yeah. So she's pretty excited about it. Yeah, you start seeing those, you know, those mule deer in those summer orange coats, you know, and you, they're just so exposed. You start thinking, oh, maybe there's something to these early season hunts. You know, oh, yeah. they're they're a lot more patternable. Weather's better. I mean, I hate cold weather. The older I get, so. <laughs> yeah. Good weather. Yeah. Patternable bucks bachelor groups like there's a lot of yeah really a lot of things. bonuses yeah a lot of bonuses yeah you guys gonna hunt water or spot and stock or uh for her we're gonna hunt water cool yeah yeah i think it's such a good hunt for you know it is for a first bow hunt or for you know new hunters in general yep and antelope are awesome yeah that's is a nevada tag then it is yeah cool very cool you uh so you just got back from new zealand you said yep how much um Sorry, you guys can jump at any time. Brady always gets pissed at me. He's like, God, you talk too much. I'm like, <laughs> no, I just like to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> how much uh, How much of the year do you hunt? Like, how many How many hunts would you say you go on in a year? Uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I like that answer a uh, lot. It's my <laughs> yeah. kind of answer. I don't know. Or you I can mean, even I, add them up. That's a good feeling. Yeah. I, uh, it's like, yeah, it, it's pretty much year-round. Yeah. I mean, I would say, like, at least – 
75% of the year. And you probably, like, grew up hunting and everything. Did you think you'd be, like, in this position, like, basically this is you were living now, it's just hunting? Um, I mean, I was kind of fairly intentional about it. Like, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and so I was just like, that was my plan. I kind of didn't really have another plan. Mm. Was like I, all in. <laughs> yeah, all in. <laughs> it was all or nothing for me. So, I mean, I, I'd always hoped for it, you know. It was like I made a plan. In some ways, I made a plan for it. But to actually be doing it, I'm like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, you probably have people ask you, like, how do I get involved in, you know, the industry or how do I do what you do? Yeah. Like, what kind of advice do you do you give them? You know, I think one, one thing I, I think about a lot is, like, people sometimes see what you're doing, but they didn't see how you got there, right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, I, I want to do that. And then you're like... I mean, the amount of hours and things and, like, just the amount of work that you put in, people don't realize that. Like, I mean, I, I essentially, like, have three full-time jobs right now, and it's a lot to, to just, like, you Manage. know, do. But, um, you know, everybody just sees, like, the, oh, you went here and did that, and, like, mm-hmm. you don't see the years of, like, grinding. And, like, I essentially had, at one point in my life, I had two full-time – I had three jobs. One was the one that just, like, I could pay the bills with, which was guiding. And then I had two full-time jobs – one was uh, I was an editor for a magazine, mm-hmm. and I was essentially 40 hours a week at nights, and I got $0 for it. You know what I mean? Nice. I did that for two years because I was 20 years old and yep. had no – like no one would hire me for any of that kind of stuff. But I was like, I just wanted to build a badass resume. Yeah. And then I was like, I went and did all the uh, – essentially for Solo Hunter, started out. I was like, okay, I had this opportunity, but it was like, all right, it was just hunts that I was already going on. I filmed them myself. I made zero dollars. You know what I mean? Like yep. it cost me money to go, but it was hunts that I was doing anyways sure. and had to like commit to that on my personal hunts to, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then like editing and doing all that. And it was just like things that I did to build up a resume of like experience and then guiding full time on top of that. And then at that time was still going to school. So, uh, it was just like, a, it was, a, you know, there's a lot of work in the background that people don't see and probably, but that's the only way that I know how to do anything is just like, you know, work hard at it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And you do it. I mean, ultimately, you do it. Why? Because you love it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, I've, I'm like the type, I'm, you guys are the same. I'm sure. It's like, I don't get tired of hunting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, we want to hunt all the time yeah. around this office. And that's, yeah, that's why we kind, push. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I've told people is it's like, if you really love to hunt, I mean, you're going to be out there doing it anyway, all the time. And like, eventually, like, it'll find you. Yeah, exactly. It, your opportunities will find you. I mean, if you're real passionate about that and that's what you want to do, I mean, it'll it'll find you yep. eventually. Yeah, exactly. Like you put yourself in the position to be doing it all the time because that's yep. what you're doing. And it, and it just works out. I know like a lot of people that I – or even just friends are like – they're like, dude, I, I really enjoy hunting. But then to like do it to that level, it takes a serious amount of commitment. I think a lot of people can't – like right. after – I mean, after like a, a seven to 10 day hunt, most guys are like wiped. And I'd say like my normal season with guiding and everything, I'll be 120 consecutive days, you know? And it's just like, like that's all you, when you think about it, like, you know, if you're just like, I, I mean, yeah. I guide people and it's like by day five, they're done. And I'm like, it's, it's just every day for me. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it it's takes like a certain kind of person. Like I can't even imagine when you were doing solo hunter, just like, all your hunts filming yourself like some people don't even realize like how hard that is and just like always having the camera on always being talking to the camera saying what's going on and doing all that and then even like with your instagram stories now like your recaps those things are so good oh thanks man you have to I work at those. that yeah oh, like yeah. that's not that's a lot easy. of work i think people it is. Uh, myself yeah. included i mean i don't do it on instagram i'm like social media 
pretty much non-existent. I think I have, you know, two or three posts a year, but I just, it's, it's a, so much work. Yeah, it is. It was like, you got It's just like anything. It's like, if you're going to do it, you have to commit to it. Otherwise you aren't going to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no way you'd do it if you didn't like go ahead of time and say like, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise you use like, I, I would always hit like, it's like, okay, I can either sneak in and kill this thing with my bow or I can sneak in and film it and kill it with my bow and the easy buttons like sneak in and kill it yeah. and i w- if i didn't say i can't do that then i would hit that button every time yep. so i just have to like com- if i'm sorry prison like if i'm gonna if i do something i have to commit to it and i've there's been a couple hunts where i've missed out on some of the best year of my life because of the filming but i was like kind of just proud of myself in the end because i committed to it yeah you, you stuck know? to it i don't know i mean there's yeah i mean there's a couple things that I probably should have. but <laughs> once you go down that slippery slope you're like well yeah. then I, I, I would just i'm the, i would just do it every time and i just had to kind of like pick what i'm going to commit to you uh do you still get excited about honey i mean like oh, the yeah. s- same level like yeah. you, you felt since you were a kid absolutely yeah you look especially full? especially when it comes there's certain things that like i don't think i would ever get sick of mule deer hunting is one of them uh calling elk in september and then just like big mountain adventure hunts, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's sometimes, you know, like some things I don't do as much, but, um, still just really enjoy. You just got to find the time to, you know, pick the things that you really want to do. And, and, and then anytime I get to do something new, it's really fun or hunt a new area, like new animal. Yeah. Or when I like land a tag that I've been trying for, for 90% of my life, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I hunt a lot. And I hunt a lot of places, but I think people don't know how unlucky in the draws I actually am because I have got as many points as many places as probably anyone. <laughs> and I don't know of that many like limited entry tags that I've actually drawn very yeah. few out of state limited entry tags, maybe two. Yeah. And, you know, like almost everything I do is easy to draw or general type areas. Yep. Yeah. Cause I know you mentioned in the, in the videos that we're filming today, like you'd rather go to a spot that you've hunted like five years in a row, that's an easy tag that you can draw every year than draw like a limited entry tag. Oh, absolutely. Like every time you're out there, you, you when you're sitting at home, you have 0% chance of success, <laughs> you know? So I would rather have like, I mean, I'll pick up a tag that like I've hunted a lot of areas that just are most people consider shit areas, but it's like, okay, look, I mean, I know that my time investment, like I'm going to be out there. There's something whatever it is like i know that i can get out there the more i learn that area the more i'm going to have success and then you know using that knowledge is kind of like my bonus points and just building success that way mm-hmm. i found a lot of a lot of awesome hunts that way now things are changing obviously everywhere like those those hunts are actually harder to come by now but still you know i i don't know i kind of gravitate toward those areas where it's like dude if you can get a tag in my pocket and i can go and just put in some time then i'm going to find what i'm looking for yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that's why I've never believed in oh leftover tags are leftover for a reason. They're junk tags, you know. They're just shitty. It's like you put in your time, put in some e scouting, pull yep. effort out there. Like that, could, hunt that every single year. Like that's a that's a dream tag to me. Oh yeah, like being able to hunt the same spot multiple years is a dream. Absolutely. And it's like why not take advantage of it? You're learning about the species you're hunting. You're learning about your tactics. You're learning about just yourself every time you go out there. It's like yeah. I'd rather have that than a dream tag for sure. That's so much pressure. Oh yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know, you only get those once every so often. Especially if you haven't done any hunts, it's like you don't have the knowledge or like the skill set to when you do draw that limited entry tag to like do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing too, like growing up in Nevada, 
guys would draw an elk tag maybe once in their life and that's their first and only elk hunt and i was like i would rather go to somewhere some other state and shoot a raghorn every year mm-hmm. and that way when i do get like that whatever tag i've right. got 15 20 years of elk hunting experience and yeah. i can make that i can make it happen yeah you shoot any six point in an over-the-counter unit you're over the moon oh yeah you shoot a 280 and six point on a Nevada tag, you're sick to your stomach. Exactly. <laughs> Son of yeah. a bitch. It's a yeah. lot of pressure. Yeah. Too. It is a lot like, of pressure. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes just those keeping it like, sometimes the, one of my favorite hunts is like just a over the counter general mule deer tag that I've got like my dad and someone else that just like going out with people are like, yeah, I just want to find something and, and have a good mm-hmm. hunt. You know, that, that's sometimes the fun. And then for me, it's like, all right, I like those tags. And then just going and like proving to myself that I can, I can, beat the odds yeah. on it you know what i mean yeah. like it's a it's a two percent success rate or whatever and it's like okay but there are good deer in there i don't know how many yeah i i i, I don't know i could just go back and be like how many crap areas i've found big deer in because people just treat it like it's yeah. there's nothing there or something i don't know i always say struggle gives me purpose on some of those hunts it's like i enjoy that yeah i enjoy pushing myself every single day to grind to find one deer yep might be just low deer numbers might be a really shitty spot i picked up but like I enjoy it. Yeah. It's fun. I know. I've been hunting the same spot, though, for like four. I was like, I shot a good buck one year, and I've hunted it for five years now. And then I haven't seen a deer for three years. And I'm like, <laughs> That's a little maybe yeah. I should change it up. <laughs> but I know, like, I know there's some deer that I've seen there outside of the season that I know are in there. Yeah. I just cannot turn them up. It's that type uh, two fun. Yeah, exactly. So when you're going to, like, these areas that are, you know, quote, unquote, maybe not so good or less animals like what what are you looking for like what's the one thing you're looking you want to get away from people or is there like a certain habitat that you're looking for um it's a lot of things i mean yeah in many cases if there's a lot of people there then i would try to get away from people sometimes i sometimes there's areas where there's a lot of people and i just look for those overlooked spots i found some good deer in spots that are just dumb like yeah Places that me, people me drive <laughs> by, all, like yeah. I mean, I've literally stalked a deer and watched four vehicles, you know, within <laughs> eyesight, and like they just didn't look there, you know. It's like hey, it I, happens. I shot a deer one time with a muzzleloader that I honked the horn with my elbow, trying to get a breech, you know, put a plug on the muzzleloader <laughs> while I jumped out of the truck <laughs> to, to chase it down. And he was, you know, 183 inch buck. I shot him 150 yards from the road, oh, wow. but um, yeah, I mean, pe- people overlook places all the time. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of like, I look for areas that just have, yeah, maybe low densities because I think a lot of people don't have that, like, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't have that, like, perseverance, tenacity to keep going when it's just, like, seems like bad, quote, unquote, bad hunting. Yeah. And I never see, like, something as bad hunting. I'm just like, perfect. There's no one else here. It's hard to find them. They're here. I just got to, I just got to stick it out long enough to make it happen. Would you rather be out there not seeing animals or be stuck in the office? Right. <laughs> Where do you want to put your effort at? Like, be working harder out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how yeah. much, um, how much e-scouting do you do? You, you kind of mentioned it. Do you? Yeah, oh yeah. That's like my, I mean, constantly like downtime. Like I was on like anytime I'm traveling somewhere or whatever, I just like download an area. I mean, I've got, I've got pins on places that. I've never, you know what I mean? Just like I, I've scouted pretty much most Western units in some way, f- shape or form from home, like e-scouting. Hmm. Um, and some of the, some cool hunts that I've found have just been like literally a random road trip flying over. Yeah. I keep my, like, I drop pins as I'm flying on a commercial plane. Like, dude, that looks nice. Yeah. That looks nice. <laughs> like what unit am I, and then later on, like, you know, what unit am I mm-hmm. at? I'm just constantly scouting, constantly looking for that like next cool spot. 
Um, You're that guy know. on the airplane that's like, hey, you want to can yeah. I sit the window seat? <laughs> exactly. You want to switch <laughs> seats? I need that window seat bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I've been like, I've done that too, where I'm like looking out the window. I'm like, dude, this looks like decent meal to have to drop a pin on it and then look at like the Henry's. I'm like, well, I guess <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, right. That's you not know the what question. I mean? <laughs> no shit. I've even yeah. done that just driving on the road too or, or you know, in the passenger seat of a vehicle. You're like, dang, it looks like a sick mountain range. Mm-hmm. Drop a waypoint, try to check it out later. Oh, yeah. Try to label those waypoints really quickly. Like, hey, make sure you reference this point. So I know, like, hey, what was that waypoint? Why did I drop it? Right, like, exactly. Like, you can find a lot of cool spots that way. Yeah, yep. we just had an e-scouting podcast. Was that our last one? Yeah. Are you one of those guys that, like, has your plan completely, like, e-scouted out on your computer before even stepping foot of it? Or you have, like, maybe a couple waypoints and then... Or you trail and just have two. Yep. And you, you kind of you kind <laughs> of get, get out your boots on the ground and start to figure shit out. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a mixture of both. I think like I, I have pins in places, but it's more like, um, I don't know. I'm kind of pin paranoid too. Like I feel like people can just like it's a little get buried. Yeah. I start yeah. with like 150 per- paralysis yeah, like, by analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, in some ways, like I, I like to like highlight areas and and certain things, and then kind of just like and then I hit a hard preview most of the time when I get there. Mm-hmm. But like I have a pretty good idea. And some, a lot of times, like there's been, there's been hunts where literally it's just like poured in. I had, a, I had a good tag that I drew one year. I just had no time to scout. Porter just spent extra time e-scouting and ended up finding a deer that, you know, just based on topography and, and habitat, that was like one of the bigger deer in the units because I ran into a lot of people that had been watching it for a long time. But to be able to go in cold turkey and, and find a deer that guys had spent all summer looking for was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, confirmation of yep. of your process. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. What do you um? It's like for antelope hunting. I assume you're looking for water. You scouting yep. mostly. That's mostly water. You know that yeah. f- some of that flat habitat. But I mean, in desert country, I start with water. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple uh, antelope tags in places where there's a lot of water. Um, so actually, I kind of switch it up and I try to find that like fringe antelope habitat where I can where I've got broken country. You mm-hmm. know, because I was like. Spot and stock. I've I've been super successful spot and stock antelope hunting, um, just by trophy picking the country over the like you don't see as many antelope, but at least I know when I find one I can like get in and get close. Yeah, you're looking for habitat yeah, that's approachable. Approachable right? habitat, yeah. and there's fewer antelope, but for me it just it, it works with my style. Whereas like I can find those big open places where I'm gonna see 900 antelope a day, but what's yeah, it matter? Can't, like can't get I just close can't get close enough. Yeah. yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, yeah, you uh. I mean, you've hunted all over, I think, right? Is yeah. there other species, adventure still for you on um, that, you, that you're like really you want to do? I mean, there's, yeah, I, I love sheep hunting and uh-huh. kind of sheep hunting. And I just like, I like that adventure. And I think that like there's some cool stuff abroad in Asia mostly that I'd like to do. Just some random things that, you know, dream hunts and whatever. And still some stuff in North America I'd like to hunt, um, you know, sheep and for some reason, I, I don't know. I really want to go chase like a muskox. I just think they're the coolest. Like, I know it's not like a hard hunt, but I just, yeah, they're just I'm like, looking. they're such a, it's like, I don't know. You're like, it's literally going and hunting a dinosaur, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I just think they're the coolest. I think they're just so cool. Well, I think it's the process too, right? Yep. It's the, yeah. the getting up there. It's riding along on the back of a snow machine for miles yeah. and miles and miles. And, and like, it's just like a torture test of yeah, some tor- sort. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of like, and like, yeah. Okay. 
sneaking up on them, probably not difficult. Shooting them, not difficult. Like, that's not the whole culmination of it. But, like, they're a cool animal in a place that why the hell would you go there otherwise? Why did they evolve to live there? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's – you're just – you're literally going back in time and and seeing something that very few people see. So that's kind of – that's something that I'll probably do in the the future, I would hope. You're going to hunt it with a knife like that guy? Yeah. (laughs) Somebody hunted one with a knife? (laughs) Yeah. Did you not see it? No. What was that show? Alone. Alone. Yeah. He, like, shot it with a bow and then, like, stabbed it with a knife or something. (laughs) Shot it with a – muskox? Yeah. Yeah. Shot it with a bow, and it wasn't quite dead. Did he have a tag for that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he did. But then he, he snuck up on snuck up on it and knifed it. Wow. Stuck it in the ribs. Tw- twice, I think. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, I can't like remember. Like jumped you on, seen that? Like no. jumped oh, on its incredible. back. Yes. Like a, uh, yeah. No, like ran in like prison. Like it was like, you know those movies when they like prison shank someone? <laughs> yes. It's like they just keep passing the <laughs> That's shiv. exactly what it was exactly like. like. He's just running by like shanking this thing, like just <laughs> shiving it. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he made it, like, what, the total days was 100, 100 and some days or something. Or something. Yeah, he stayed out there the by Arctic? himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was crazy. Did One he day just, I, like, cut it open and just live inside it? <laughs> no. He built, like, he had this rock Luke shelter. Skywalker style. That yeah. guy was that was amazing. That guy was incredible. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing the rest of the day at the office. I God, <laughs> we that have to pull yeah. that up. I came upstairs one day from my office, and I think my oldest kid was like, dude, you're not going to believe what I just saw. <laughs> he was like, I just saw this guy kill a muskox with a knife. And I was like, mm. what? No Let way. Pulled it up. So we watched. Then I, I got wrapped up in it, and I watched the whole the whole season. But That's yeah. what we need in here is a TV so we can run shit back. <laughs> I want to see it right now. <laughs> a, live, a live preview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we you expect know? to see you knife one then. All right, I'll give it a try. Or spear, maybe, huh? How'd you injure your left wrist? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a funny story. It's knifing a musk. Knifing a musk. Prison shanked a musk. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh, crazy. Man. Has there ever been a hunt that's not lived up to the hype that you've been on? It's like, I, I did it once. That's I'm good enough. Arizona. Uh, I mean, all hunts are fun, <laughs> but like. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we've actually talked about this before, but one of my, like, all-time dream hunts was hunting marco polo oh, sheep yeah. I remember you, yeah, we and about that. like i think i'd been warned that like sometimes the just the the, the hunt itself isn't what you're expecting uh-huh. and like even though i'd been warned that i just i i kind of went in like thinking it'd be different and it's just because for me it's not just shooting something like mm-hmm. i actually in a weird way i would rather like have a good hunt and not shoot something than have shoot something and have a bad hunt yeah so i felt like i was gypped of the like the like the the there, it was still an adventure, but like, I felt like I was kind of like, it was missing something mm-hmm. and it was missing like a little element that I, I just kind of felt like kind of bummed that I, I didn't get to experience. And I would go back like, kind of seeking that, that certain experience. I don't know what it is. Like just the, what happened on this hunt? Well, I mean, it was like a lot of travel delays and weird things. And then ended up like essentially like getting into camp and the guy being like, you know, we'd set it up where I was kind of going to be able to just do my own thing with a couple guys. And, like, I don't know what happened, but they're pretty much like, you have one day to kill something. We're leaving. What? Yeah. A hunt like that having one day. I'd That's going to be you, Brady, when you go there this year. I know. I'd be nervous? so stressed. Yeah. Like, it was <laughs> I, was like I was working on some of my final paperwork last He's night. Like, right now. Making sure I didn't, like, misspell, like, a serial number on my gun. And Oh, yeah. And make stuff. sure you uh, do not bring too much ammo. I was going to bring it's, 40 rounds. 
I don't know the limit. Yeah. But uh-huh. I, is it 40? I don't, I don't know what the limit is. I just put 40. Right. I know. I So I thought whatever I put on the paper was okay, and yeah. that's not the case. Okay. I'll, I'll confirm <laughs> that. confirm that. One I round. think it's... That's all I need, right? It might be 40. <laughs> I, you might be... I don't think I brought more than 40, though, so I don't... No, 40, 40 seems like a lot. lot. It's, it's a lot. lot. It's yeah, a it's too, But the other like thing is, like... sheep? No, but what happens is, Wolf. like... I mean, when I like when I got finally got my gun, dude, I had to completely recite the thing. Uh, it was so jacked. Really? Yeah, and you're and you know you're sighting it a really high elevation with like not a very I mean not that you can't but like it's not a real good target you're sighting, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I brought bring your plate. bring your own target. Um, you know, like I had like a couple paper targets just yeah. in case and I, that was like glad I did and then yeah, try to find something that you can actually s- attach the target to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's big. So was it the weather truck. delays? That's why you got one day hunting or just like some weird shit nope. happened. Oh, no. Like um, one day. It was – so somebody in the uh, – uh, so when I flew out, I had uh, – I don't know what happened, but somebody in the San Francisco airport took my gun and put it in customs. <laughs> they aren't supposed to do that. Like it was checked through. Everything was right. They mm. saw a firearm. They pulled it off the plane and put it in some back customs office exiting the country which is th- what they did was not legal hmm. um and is a third party like it wasn't customs it wasn't tsa it was like a some rant like probably somebody that's like oh gun and Very like yeah. had no clue and uh i was i was filming the hunt for a firearms company so i had to use that rifle because it was like <laughs> it wasn't like i could just go like i would have just borrowed and i like i would have yeah. been fine like getting out there and hunting with like a old ak, AK whatever yeah. like i don't care like i would have been Open i mean it wouldn't have been awesome but i would like you know i would have done whatever i needed to to get out in the field but it just wasn't an option you know because it was like the only reason i was afforded that opportunity was because i was doing it you know for a company yeah. to make a film that which is like sweet but there's a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> You're like dude mm-hmm. um so yeah so that was missing and we were waiting a long like no it was completely lost like i had special insurance that and it like they hired somebody to try to find it that person had no clue where it was they were pretty much just like it's gone forever that's my biggest name and then somebody <laughs> in customs it's like my ba- i lost my baby you know oh <laughs> yeah like and then somebody in customs was walking through they like worked in customs like what is this looked at the name tag was like oh i follow that guy on instagram sent me a message on instagram no and was way. like i think i found a gun of yours and Oof. i was like dude you just saved me. and and then they had to cut they had lock i had locks on it and one travel tip i don't know if you do this but i always put like six locks in my gun case hmm. so if anyone along the way has to cut it they can't send it unless it's locked yep. so there's extra locks in there because it was like the only reason that i got that gun was because i had extra locks good so i got my tilt yeah dude i just right i got a, I, I put a bag of locks and then you do i do a combination locks key lock everything <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't because you'll you'll run into somewhere and it, it doesn't matter what the actual rules are, whatever they think the rules are, are the rules. That's the rules. You know, so yeah. they're like, oh, no combination locks. I've run into yeah, that. Yeah, because like, I have it printed up. You can use You can use any locks. locks. You don't yeah. have to use TSA approved Correct. locks, but a lot of times I do say TSA approved. So I'm already thinking like I should just switch over to TSA approved just yeah. for this. So I've got TSA approved locks. I've yeah. got uh, non-TSA approved combination locks, and then I've got keyed non-TSA padlocks. <laughs> no matter what I run into, and then also have a, a lock, a separate case and lock for your ammunition. Hmm. Because when you leave the U.S., it's one rule. And when you get somewhere else, yeah, it's, it's another rule. Different. So ammo can with a, a padlock. And you never know when people go luggage. in your bags, they take it out. Like, oh, now you're not legal because now it's separate or whatever. Yep. And yeah. So I, And I lock all that stuff up and then just uh. deal with it and use my little system of locks. Because I travel a lot of places where people don't actually know the rules. Yeah. 
Yeah, TSA never knows the rules. So you yeah. were sitting there the whole time just waiting for your gun? Yeah. Did just you find gunless. sheep? What? Did you find some sheep? We did, yeah. We found some sheep. Got a good ram. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wanted to, you know. I mean, I guess in, all in all, like, you know, there, there was days in there, like, it was a lot of travel. It was like it took a long time to get to where the sheep were at. That was like mm-hmm. five days of travel. Once you, you know, that's why mm-hmm. it's just like it's logistically, like, once things start getting delayed, then, you know, you're just like bummer. And I just really wanted to experience more of, yeah, you're there. You want yeah. to soak yeah. it up. All right. How they hunt, like what the species is like, you know, what's the tactics. Yeah. Look, I wanted to look over a lot of ram. And, you know, I just didn't have that opportunity. But yeah. I ended up with a good ram. Like it worked out, but, you, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't there to just kill a sheep. I really wanted to do the other yeah. stuff too. Yeah. So. Sometimes it's like that. Yep. You just, you, you, and I think it goes back to your expectations. And Right. I mean, for me, I've had hunts that, you know, I expected a lot and it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. Same thing. I mean, I had a mountain goat tag and it just wasn't the hunt that I wanted it to be, you know. It was a good hunt. I still had a great hunt. It just, I, what I wanted it to be in my mind was this grandioso thing, you know. Was, yeah. So it was just kind of a, like, huh, I don't know. So now yeah. I'm looking for a chance. I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's the hard part about, like, those limited entry, like, tag. Yep. You put so much pressure and emphasis on, like, it took me so long to draw. Years. I need to do yeah. this and that. And it's like, man, you kind of lose a little bit of the, I don't know, you lose a little bit when you start thinking like that. And it's really hard not to do. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't know. And the other thing is, like, yeah, just because you waited a long time doesn't make it. Sometimes you just, like, you got to, like, have the right the right mindset, yeah. the right yeah. expectations. Yeah, it's hard to keep perspective, but it's definitely a necessity yep. to, to just try to remember what it is, you know, and, and enjoy it for 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 what it is, you know, the, the environment, yeah. the, the species, you know, make yeah. the most of it. Don't forget that. This year in Utah trail. <laughs> yeah, I have a yeah. Utah elk tag. Oh, sweet. Yeah. First yeah. bull you see, shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I thought it was in Colorado. Oh, over the counter. <laughs> so <laughs> used to that. Uh, <laughs> so I get, we better touch on quick before. I know they're coming in here saying you got to go out and do some Q&A stuff for Instagram. Coming in hot. <laughs> a, new, a new platform that we just released is Outdoor, outdoor Class, and yep. you're on there. I am, yeah. Did a course on mule deer hunting. And, uh, yeah, I got some other courses in the pipe. So have you always enjoyed like helping people? Like, I guess why this was a good platform to, you know, inspire people to do something and just educate them on something you're passionate about. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, I feel really fortunate that I get to spend pretty much as much time as I want out hunting. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, like I've learned so much. And then I also like to be able to like, all right, I kind of feel like it's an obligation to me to share what I know because I don't know. It's like if, if I didn't have that, I kind of think of it like if I had some other chose some other path in life and I was like, man, I got one week to go out and hunt mule deer. But it's like I'd want to make the most out of that one week and just to have a couple little things that took me forever to learn on my own. Like if you can just kind of like absorb that through this course, then I think that it's a win for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that it's and I just think like, you know, it's just making the time that you do have more effective and more valuable. So in this course, you just covering basically everything mule deer? Yeah, well, what I did was, I, I my thought was, like, you could, I mean, the topic is endless. I could probably do 15 more courses on mule deer. But my, really what I wanted to do is kind of, in this particular course, teach people about the way that I think about hunting and especially mule deer hunting. And for me, it starts with kind of really understanding the animal. Because I think that if you understand mule deer and what they do and the little nuances that they have and just why they are the way they are, then you can kind of take that and go, okay, I've got a, a tag in the plains in September or I've got a mountain hunt 
in November or I've got whatever. So it doesn't matter. Like if you completely understand what Mule Deer are doing throughout the entire year and why they do what they do, then wherever you go, you're able to kind of use those tactics to exploit their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like just knowing the way a Mule Deer is and, and what they do, you know? And I think that like, so I, my kind of whole goal with that was just kind of like teaching people the way that I think about or go about the hunting. So I kind of created this idea of like three stage advantage tactics. So it's first just understanding the behavior, then building out like a way to exploit that behavior and then kind of taking that into the field. Nice. How many, how many episodes is it? Um, I, well, so it's, it's one course and there's 13, essentially 13, 13 separate, separate videos, I think 13 or 14, something like that. And you take that, I think we looked at some, I looked at some information like from how to get a tag all the way through, you know, tips and tactics and methodology, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah kind of all encompassing. Cause it's like, you know, you can have all, all the mule deer knowledge in the world, but if you don't have a tag in your pocket, sure. you can't no navigate good. that yeah. system. It's no good. <laughs> and then, you know, if you've only got, and then even just e-scouting and like, all right, well now I've got a tag, but I live in, I don't, it doesn't matter if I live in Nevada and I've got a Wyoming deer tag who maybe I don't, it's pretty hard to justify especially with gas prices like i'm gonna go out and scout that right so like how do i set up how do i think about this hunt like how do i get ready for it and then and then i go down and then i go through and break down like mule deer in every season so august september october november and and essentially december january whichever one um and then so you can kind of match those tactics up and and the things that deer are doing those times of year based on your tag Mm -hmm. yeah i mean for somebody that's you know, even a seasoned hunter, you know, down to like the guy that's just looking to get into it, you know, right. Never hunted before. Yep. I mean, what, what a cool resource to yeah. you know, cut, cut the line, if you will, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Get ahead. Yep. Especially when you can like download them at any device, yeah. watch it at any time, basically take it in the field with you if you wanted to and just soak up that knowledge real time. Like, Oh, what do you say about that? I'm going to go back and watch that little episode really quick. And yeah. Check it out. Yeah. That's what, like for me, I was actually, I had downloaded a bunch of other people's uh, courses when I was flying down here and just watching them on the plane. Yep. Cause the other cool thing is like, it doesn't matter how much you've been hunting. Right. One thing that I always find is like something like this, right. Where it's like a bunch of guys oh. that love hunting and have figured out a lot of stuff and you'll be talking and you've got like, you're like, yeah, I do that same thing. And it's like, we both came to that conclusion our own separate ways through our own paths yet there's some there's a reason that that tactic works for the two of us is because it works right Mm -hmm. and it's just like that's the simplest form of like there's a lot of people that maybe have a lot of experience and it really validates like whether you're a guy that's just getting into it you're like oh well i'm not a i've been hunting mule deer my whole life but in some ways it validates certain tactics that you do and lets you know like i'm out there i'm doing something right because these other people also came to this conclusion on their own Mm -hmm. through whatever experiences they've had Mm -hmm. so you can like lean back on those past experiences like well yep like i said i'm doing something right so i should continue doing this because it's working for other people exactly yeah what what do you think the one piece of advice you could give for any type of hunting i mean you've obviously been pretty successful and i'm sure you cover this in the course but kind of like one piece of advice that you could give a hunter that like lead to be more successful out in the field Ooh, one piece of advice I mean, I don't know. Just one. Yeah. Just one, huh? I mean, I, I think that the, really the piece of advice is just like kind of, I don't, in, in some way, I kind of touched on this in the course, but like understanding your strengths as a hunter too, like mm-hmm. really being like realistic of like, this is what I want to do or am good at. Um, you know, cause I think like I get people ask me all the time, like, Hey, I'm whatever. And, and my strength is not 
being super patient, right? So it's like, I don't plan my hunts based around being patient because I know I'm really bad at it. Yeah. So like, Hey, I really like glassing. So I, you know, like when I'm mealer, so I find those areas where I can, I can glass, but I also really, I'm actually pretty, like, I've got a lot of experience hunting thick country too. So there are times where I was like, dude, I'll go, I'll go and still hunt the crap out of something. Cause I know a lot of people don't like to do that, but yep. I'm good at it. So, you know, just playing to your strengths. Like everybody's got those strengths. I met some dude when I was coos deer hunting the first year I went down there and, uh, this was probably like 18 years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And, um, like this guy showing me picture after picture after picture of big buck he killed. Right. And he shot him all on a river bottom from a tree stand because <laughs> he was like from Iowa. Yeah. And he just like would go to Arizona every year and shoot giant coos deer during the rut, rattling, calling from a tree stand. I was like, good on you, dude. Yeah. Like it works but I'm never going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so it's just like understanding your strengths too. And, and just kind of, and then the, and then the other bit of advice would be like, the more, you know, about like just gaining knowledge on those animals yeah. is key. Like I, I kind of learned that through guiding is like, you know, the best guides or whatever, like you, I could go to any area in the country and find elk really fast and kill elk really quick because I've, I've just put, I just know elk so well. Like, it doesn't matter if it's an over-the-counter area, whatever. It's like, I know elk well enough to go kill an elk. I feel confident, like, I can go kill an elk anywhere mm-hmm. because I just know elk so well. Mm-hmm. You know, so just, like, putting that emphasis on the knowledge of the animal is is pretty pretty key. Those are both great pieces of advice. Great. I mean, you knocked it out of the park. My God, those were good. <laughs> it's like he's done this before or something. Yeah. <laughs> Once or twice. No, that was... That the playing to your strengths is definitely... Yeah, because, I mean, people think that because this is the way Brady hunts or yes. this is the way I hunt, that that's the way I need to hunt. But, like, you, you need to hunt in the way that works for you. I mean, I am – I'm pretty patient. I'm not yeah. the sneakiest, so, you know. So, like, I can sit on a water hole. I can sit there for days and just still as can be. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the sneakiest guy. You know, I'm not the most, like, quiet mm-hmm. and – it's time, so, yeah, to bust, I mean, time to bust out that tree stand for your elk hunt. That's yeah. the thing, man. Saddle. Yeah, but, but that, that's a great tip. Evaluate yourself. Like, evaluate your own, your own strengths, yeah. you know, and utilize those. And I think that, too, will then make that hunt more enjoyable for you, right? Because yeah, I, I think a lot of people are doing something that maybe, obviously, is not their strength, so then that hunt's not as fun. Well, it'll make you more successful, and there's yeah, nothing yeah. more fun than finding success. Right. Yep. <laughs> that's why you're out there, ultimately. Yeah. So that's a great, great piece of advice. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's too bad we only had you for an hour. We could keep going. Oh, yeah. I know. I think we're just scratching the surface right yeah, now. I know. It's like we're just getting to the good stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, if you want to learn any more mule deer tactics, outdoor class, you have your, your yep. course on there. Yep. Anything else you want to shout out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got my uh, podcast, Live Wild mm-hmm. podcast. So check that out. Lots of great tips and tactics. We do a few call-in shows. It's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's, you know, it's a great way to just – yeah, if there's any, you know, I think from beginner to advanced level tactics, there's something for everyone. And I throw in, I pepper in a few hunting stories for that entertainment factor. Yep. So you're like, hey, I'm, I live wherever. I don't need to know about hunting elk. Like, I'm just never going to, whatever. Well, there's still some really fun stories that I get to tell on there, too. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome having you on. Yeah, thanks. You probably have a podcast studio, though, huh? Not, not a sweet tent. <laughs> yeah. No, this is actually better than my setup. Table. <laughs> Mine's, like, mostly in the car with mm-hmm. the same setup. <laughs> <Yeah>. So it's, <laughs> and my, my setup's pretty janky, but uh, <laughs> nice. I, I wish I had some. Good. It's, like, in the garage most of the time on a bucket. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really disappointed. The longer we've used this tent, the like, less it smells like campfire. Oh, yeah. We're, start, we're definitely losing anymore. the campfire smell in here. We yeah. need to yeah. refresh yeah. that. You're fired up again. The campfire and asshole smell. We're just starting, <laughs> to, starting to get out of here. <laughs> Somebody can leave some old socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I only got some old socks trail. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks again. Feel, yeah. feel free to stop Thank by you anytime. Yeah. We awesome. appreciate it.